This podcast is brought to you by Trend. Trend is a micro-influencer marketing platform that helps connect brands with influencers. Learn more, join our network, or start an influencer campaign at trend.io. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the DTC pod. I'm your host, Jay, and I'm joined with the CEO of Trend, Ramon. And today we have a very special guest with us, Lucas Tomes who is the group product manager at Squarespace. And Squarespace is a dynamic all-in-one platform where customers can claim a domain, build a website, sell online, and market a brand. We are super excited to have Lucas on the podcast over here. He's going to be talking with us a little bit about e-commerce in general, specifically some tips and tricks related about SMBs. We might talk a little bit about distribution as well, but excited to have Lucas on because you know Squarespace has a lot of website stuff and is heavily involved in the e-commerce space. But before we jump into everything that's good, I'd love to pass the mic over to you, Lucas, uh, if you want to tell the audience a little bit about yourself and a little bit about what Squarespace does in your own words. Yeah, of course. Thank you, first of all, for having me. It's lovely to be here. And I have to say, it's exciting to talk to you today because I think there's a lot of really interesting things happening in e-commerce that, especially for small and medium-sized businesses that we get to talk about. But a little bit about me, you know, as you mentioned, I am the group product manager for online stores at Squarespace. So I focus specifically on helping people sell products through their website online. But, you know, I've been in e-commerce for close to a decade, I suppose. Before I graduated from college, I was in online merchandising and focused a lot on finding great products to sell and the tactics that you need and the right products and the right assortment In order to successfully grow businesses online, I got my start, a failed startup called fab.com that once upon a time was worth a billion dollars and then flamed out, but learned a lot in that process and did merchandising for other startups along the way, eventually became an engineer and made the switch to the product side. And now I really focus on helping building tools for small businesses and DIY entrepreneurs be successful selling online. And it's been, you know, I get to talk to these people that are so inspiring and so wonderful every day and have learned a lot throughout the, and combining the sort of experience and the needs of small businesses and the expertise that I developed along the way, working in e-commerce businesses and growing them. And it's really just a joy to get to do that. So I'm excited to dig a little more deeper with you guys. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for uh, that brief intro. I know that, you know, uh, so so I first came across uh, you chatting on Clubhouse on distribution and was super intrigued by that conversation. And I can't wait to dive into that. But one of the um, coolest things about Squarespace to me is that the founders' backgrounds come from design, and you guys are very heavy on design and aesthetic, and it's front and center, and your brand and everything you guys do. And that's exactly how we operate as well. My co-founder is uh, our designer for everything we do and product manager as well. So um, I think that's a trend that we're going to continue to see play out more and more, especially in 2021. So I'm curious in how, you know, that has played a part in how you guys build your product um, and how that has shaped and continues to shape everything you guys do. Sure, absolutely. I mean, you kind of hit the nail on the head. Design is really at the center of everything that we do. Our founder is an engineer by trade, and he built Squarespace from the ground up 
with his own skills in the first five years, it was just him building the tool to have your own website. But he's very passionate about design and he really wanted design to be at the center of everything that we do. And that's how he built the platform and continues to this day to be what we believe our biggest differentiator is, is enabling people to have great design, even if they themselves aren't designers. And you see that in the beautiful templates that we have, in the tools that we have, in the the ability to make sweeping changes to your website, but also tweak them so that you have the design that you're looking for as a small business. And you know, we continue this to this day. We recently hired a CPO, Paul, who came from Adobe, which I think really speaks to our long-term vision of taking professional level design and giving it to the people who themselves aren't designers. So it, it really continues to be at the core of everything that we do. And we take it just as seriously in the online store space because design is so core to telling your story. And that's really what building a great brand is all about, is telling a great story against, in our case for e-commerce, against a unique product. And that's really what drives us every day. Awesome. That's really insightful. And, you know, I love the way that you guys do present that design, even on your website. While I was doing some research, it was really cool to see everything on there and how beautiful the website looks. I feel like, you know, some website builders, you kind of just get the really like standard in the box template, like as in the box as it gets. And it's really cool to see some of those elements. And so what's really interesting over here is talking about e-commerce, especially for SMBs and things like that. There's been a lot of changes to e-commerce and I'm sure you guys have tried to, you know, help prepare and help basically um, fill that new gap that's kind of been created with the increase of e-commerce that's happening as a result of like the pandemic. So what kind of shifts are you seeing in how SMBs run their websites and how their needs might have kind of changed to be able to successfully run their e-commerce business? Yeah, it's a great question. At the end of the day, like everyone is doing e-commerce now. Like that's the biggest change. And we've all seen that. That's almost like so obvious. It's not even worth going that deep into, but it's so important now, partially because of COVID, but also now we're building these behaviors into what people expect. So while COVID and the pandemic has accelerated the trends that we were already seeing, it's also going to accelerate adoption of e-commerce tools, both on the merchant side and on the customer side. And people just expect it now. Like that's really the core of it is there's no longer going to be a single channel business. Everyone is multi-channel. Everything is multi-channel. And increasingly, everything is more experimental. And we're seeing people, especially in the small business space, go from just selling one type of thing to selling multiple types of things. So we call this different modes of selling. Like you're selling physical products, but maybe you're also selling services or you're selling classes. And we call this multimodal selling. And this is to us really what the next decade is going to be about. The last decade, if you've been in any retail conversations, was all about omni-channel selling. Now omni-channel is the default. If you're not, if you're only selling in one channel, if you're only selling on your website or you're only selling in person, you're selling yourself short and you're 
pretty much everyone seems to intuitively know that now from the acceleration that we've seen in COVID. But because businesses have also gotten into survival mode, they've also experimented with new modes of selling. And that's really where we think the future is going to be are these small businesses that create relationships with their customers and leverage those relationships into different forms of growth and different modes of transacting with their customers. For sure. I think when you mentioned that a lot of these uh, small businesses are even having to diversify in, in products and strategies, uh, you know, due to COVID, but it's due to COVID, but it's essentially what was non-deniable and should have happened and will continue to happen regardless of, of COVID or not. For example, there's this poke restaurant I love here in Denver. And, and now, you know, you can even buy their raw ingredients through their website. So in the past, you know, it's like, hey, do you also sell it online? But now it's like, hey, you know, you have to sell your product online. And by the way, you know, our special sauces, our raw ingredients, our tuna, you can actually just buy it directly from online. And that's not something we expected anytime soon. And, and it's becoming the norm, which is really cool to see. Right, exactly. And that's exactly the type of behavior that we're seeing as well as, you know, it could be a yoga instructor who was forced to create classes and connect with their clients online, but then also they have these products that they sell that enhance the experience and help them grow their business and deepen their relationship. Because it's really, so much of it's about relationships today. And as it becomes easier and easier to create products or offer classes or sell content, that the relationship is what you're building with your customer. And that's really where so much of the innovation is happening, is making it simple. And that's really sort of what we're focused on at Squarespace is not just selling physical products, which is what I focus on given the product area, but also selling memberships. We just you know launched a membership area product that allows people to sell content. And we just acquired Acuity, which allows people to sell their time through scheduling. And the, the businesses that are able to be both multi-channel and multimodal, which you know is very complex, but we believe that technology can actually make these things quite simple and quite seamless. So that's really sort of where we believe the direction of our product is going. I love that. And it's, it's really just like around offering different ability or different options for people to be able to sell their products and really kind of grow their own ecosystem to an extent. Something that else is really interesting is kind of like, um, and I know you had kind of like hinted on this earlier, which is like the adoption of e-commerce websites. So, right, we've seen mm -hmm. a growing number of e-commerce websites. It's become a little bit, I don't want to say saturated probably isn't the right word, but there's been a lot higher adoption, I guess is what I would say. So kind of when you're thinking of that and everyone else at Squarespace is thinking of that, I'm really interested to kind of learn how you guys are helping some of these SMBs kind of get ahead. So one kind of thing that I am thinking about is like, you know, you had that first phase, um, which might not be completely done yet, which is like, you know, everyone doesn't have an e-commerce website. Now, a lot of people have an e-commerce website. And so once you build out that website, that next step is usually optimizing that website. So, you know, people are doing things like um, optimizing the checkout process, trying to increase page load time, you know, trying to test landing pages, using videos to try and increase conversions. What are you guys doing in that sense to really help empower those SMBs to take the next step, not just creating their website, but trying to optimize it? 
Yeah, totally. It's a great question. I think that it's one that comes up a lot. And one thing that I want to sort of point out is that there's actually a little bit of a gap there in your narrative, which is they create a website, and but they also need to find their customers and start telling their story to their customers. And then they can think about optimization, right? Like the piece that gets lost in these conversations is that the most fundamental thing is the right strategy, having a unique product and a compelling story to sell that product. So you can optimize your website beginning to end until you're dead. But if you don't have that core product and a compelling story around it, you might as well be dead. And so that's really where we focus is we want small businesses to first understand those pieces and be able to communicate their story. So that's really where the design comes in. And that's where Squarespace, I think, believes that we can help small businesses the most is, yes, optimizing your website. And I can tell you, I can give you a laundry list of features that help people do that. But first and foremost, the design tools that they need to sell their product and tell that story and create that connection with their customer. So that's the first piece. And then I think to your point, there are sort of like a lot of other tactics that that we're investing in, things like social proof and checkout optimization. Those are things that we're always kind of working on, but those are things that everyone's working on. And those aren't the things that are going to ultimately help our customers be successful. It'll help them grow on the margins. It'll help them get an extra 10, an extra 20% in sales. But if you don't have that base of a great story to tell then there's nothing there to optimize. So that's really sort of where we focus. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. And I, I love the way that you frame that. And you know, I, I think you're 100% right there that without the story, um, it's really hard to even think about optimizing because you're not at that point yet where you can share that and kind of build that brand, which is what's really important. And I know that's one of the things that Squarespace advertises, you know, marketing your brand. So continuing like on that subject, what else are you looking at in terms of like um, some trends that might help shape some of these SMBs and things that they might be doing or needing to do to stay ahead? I, so I know you talked about, you know, telling a better brand story right there with some of that design. What else do you think is potentially missing there or something that brands should be looking out for? Yeah, I mean, I think that thinking about your relationship with your customer is more and more paramount to brand building. I think having a great product and telling a great story has always been sort of the bedrock foundation of building a business. But what's changing is the way that you tell the stories and the way that you get that story out and the uniformity with which you tell that story. So it all comes down to storytelling, really. And if you can tell a great story through a website or a TikTok or an Instagram post, you're going to get someone's attention. And then once you have their attention, it's a question of what do you do with it? Well, there's actually, it turns out, a number of different things you can do with it. And this is where this sort of multimodal piece comes into play is that someone may not need a well-designed t-shirt, but they may be interested in a class on how to create t-shirts. And as long as you're building that relationship, you can leverage the new technology that's coming to forefront, which we believe Squarespace is at the forefront of and utilizing platforms like ours and others. Like you see this, you know, in Patreon, even in the only fans of the world, like people are finding 
ways to monetize their attention that isn't just in one lane. People are like, you go into, you look at TikTok these days and these TikTok creators are getting millions and millions of views and millions of followers in a matter of days by the nature of the algorithm. And then you go into their website that has all of the different links and you don't just see a store, right? You see a link to a Patreon, you see a link to a web store, you see a link to donate to their social cause. So if you can ground yourself in the stories that you're telling, and brand is kind of an overused word, but the brand that you're building, you can really leverage that in a lot of different ways. And it turns out that the more ways that you leverage it, the stronger your relationships are. And the depth of the relationship that you build with your customer tends out to be really, really important because if you can get 100 people that love you, that will give you 20 bucks a month for your Patreon subscription, they'll also buy t-shirts and they'll also buy your merch. So really, I think as it becomes easier and easier to do these things, it becomes more important because if you're not doing them, then someone else, you're opening the door for someone else to build that relationship in a deeper way than you are. For sure. And I think it has a lot to do with loyalty too, especially as the noise continues to increase where now back in the day, you know, there might have been one to three main products and brands that were crushing it in a category. Now you might see 10 or, or more. And if the consumer or the customer isn't personally invested into your story and your why, I think there's going to be very little you know, retention and they're going to get distracted by someone else that does it better. Yeah. I mean, attention becomes like such a big part of it, right? Like where is your customer spending their time? Mm -hmm. And if you can, you know, the quintessential example is something like influencers, like Kim Kardashian has created an incredible brand for herself and has such a huge following, but like most of her money, well, a lot of her money at least comes from the products that she sells. And it started out in a very shallow way mm -hmm. with like just brand deals and like shilling someone else's product. But it actually be, has become quite apparent that these influencers have the most leverage when they have their own brand that they can build and deepen their relationship with those users. And it turns out that that doesn't just apply to the Kim Kardashians of the world, but that applies to the fitness instructor in your local town. Like they may only have a few thousand followers on Instagram, but if those followers are invested in taking their classes, that's a business for them. That's an entire lifestyle that they're creating using these technology platforms to create a relationship and then build on that relationship and, you know, obviously monetize it eventually. Social media is a full-time job, but you don't have to do it alone. Ami is our favorite social media agency. From TikTok to Tweet, you'll work with a team of professionals to level up your social media in 2021. Visit amisocial.com. That's A-M-I-E social.com. Since we're talking about this, I want to ask a question on, on the creator specific. You know, we've seen it firsthand, us being in the space where, you know, a year and a half ago, being a creator was only doing Instagram posts. And all of this that you mentioned just happened so fast in front of our eyes. You know, now it's having a Patreon, it's having a Substack, it's diversifying income in as many ways as possible. So I'm curious to what is Squarespace looking at this space and are you guys actively thinking about this space and how are you looking at it in terms of, you know, the future? Absolutely. I think if you just look at, you know, we've bought a couple of companies and they all sort of align with this. So we have 
an app called Unfold that is really focused on creating social content and creating unique stories. And it makes it super easy to create these social stories. And we see it as all a part of the same ecosystem. What you just described is exactly what we're trying to do and what we're working toward is that the future is not a person who just does one thing. There's still going to be plenty of people that make a lot of money doing one thing. But what we're seeing now is technology reducing the barriers to doing multiple things at once because these creators at the core, they're just creative people. Right. They don't, and they, they originally may have started on Instagram or TikTok, but they're creative people and they can express themselves in different ways. And so we believe that if someone out there, and you know, we think it's Squarespace, to create the all-in-one solution that not only helps you tell that story and create that relationship, but then easily sell your time and sell your products and sell your content, that you will. Because at your core, you're a creative person. And the only thing standing in your way is all of the logistics it takes to do all of those things. Well, one by one, those barriers are being knocked down. And that's exactly what you're seeing unleashed right now is this sort of multimodal revolution. For sure. And it's really exciting to see. And, you know, especially on the creator side, it's really empowering for them to be able to create multiple income streams and just grow their ecosystem, essentially, is it's what's going on over there. I think another element here that I think is really interesting is that it's not like it's not just about having multiple revenue streams to have multiple revenue streams. It's also about experimentation, right? Is that entrepreneurs have this intrinsic, and we talk a lot about iteration in technology. In the tech sector, we talk about like iterating and experimenting. You see sort of that culture seeping into entrepreneurs that aren't tech people that are just sort of like, you know, and I talked to, I've been talking to a lot of people who sell on Etsy recently, and they talk about it in the same way that tech people do, which is that, oh, I have this idea. I think this might resonate with people. Let me just throw it out in the world and see what happens. And sometimes it fails and they're like, okay, well, like I'll try something else. And that's the creative process. And you see this conversion of creativity into business because technology is making those barriers of business and the logistics of business and reducing those barriers to the point where anyone can experiment. And maybe you only have one way that works, but more often than not, you have this great relationship and can have those multiple streams of revenue. Yeah, for sure. It's really a cool way of, of kind of building a business. And we're seeing like different ways of building a business and kind of to what Lucas, you were talking about before was like that missing step that people don't talk about, which is that, you know, customer acquisition or audience acquisition piece. And we're seeing um, some of that happen in a very interesting way. So going back to our conversation on e-commerce, I kind of want to connect the dots a little bit over here. And, you know, we brought in creators as well. Um, so when you're thinking about, you know, trying to, to grow that ecosystem or even get started over there, what are three things that you would say are, are kind of like non-negotiable for either like brands or, or creators when they're trying to build that e-commerce machine to be able to do an execute on? Copy and unique products. And the other one is a lot of like the distribution channels that you see today. The best ones, especially for people getting started out or on other platforms, is like getting someone's email address and the ability to 
not rely on an intermediary email marketing as a strong lever for them because they themselves like get email marketing commerce continues to be one of the most powerful growth levers you have for the exact reason that I mentioned, which is that you own your audience and you can communicate with them directly. If you don't focus on that early enough, you just risk what happened to so many people on Facebook in the early days. That's really, I think, a lot of people enable that. We enable that at Squarespace, but you also see, you know, especially the most important thing that that often gets overlooked because people are like, oh, I don't want to. For sure. to be more obnoxious to have to spend to <laughs> see them again. <laughs> right, right. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And then, and here's the thing is that like people give you their email address. Like when now, I, yeah, exactly. I may not read all of their emails, right? but to the extent that I signed up, I am interested with your customer liking you enough to give you their email address. And you can provide value too, right? You see more and more brands, blog posts, it can be, a how-to guide on how to, you know, maybe you're West Elm and you want to help people like learn how to build their own success in the long term. For sure. And I think you brought up a great point over there, you know, with the way that email marketing for brands especially seems to be changing a little bit, right? It's shifting from just like, hey, here's 20% off. Hey, here's the latest products that we have. Hey, do you want to restock on this to really telling that brand story um, and figuring out interesting ways. And, you know, you talked about the West Elm one. I recently was shopping for some furniture from Apartment 2B and they give out like a rug guide, um, which tells you like what size rug should you be using in your home or your room, um, which I thought is really interesting. But it's really kind of connecting to that. And um, Jay, I'm going to jump into one one last thing on, on that note is that I think the speed to get to a creative breakthrough for a creator might be so much faster than a brain starting from scratch because the sample size is larger. They already have an audience. So they have a huge advantage. They have 12 months you know, say an advantage in terms of getting to a creative breakthrough because they get so much feedback so much faster given that the audience is there. So I think that's just going to lead to a lot higher success rate in terms of small businesses and innovation just in every single area of SMBs. I think in something, they might not become $100 million businesses, but I think they could certainly become, say, I think TikTok is enabling for a business to become, to go from zero to a million in 30 days or something like that. Um, Like, it's like, okay, you're not going to be a hundred million, but it's not going to take you five years to get to a million. It could take you 30 days now, which is insane. I think uh, on my end, I'm I'm out of questions over here. I know we dived into a a lot of different stuff. Uh, Ramon, do you have anything else you want to add? Not really. I mean, I think uh, that that last uh, part Lucas just mentioned on social commerce is is you know uh, what I'm most excited about. I've studied all the social apps and social commerce in China, and it's just you know so many years ahead. And here uh, for a moment, I felt kind of excited for a bit, you know, with Instagram shops and everything, and then I kind of saw that not really going much places when I'm asking my friends with big brands, are you getting sales from that? And they're like, not really, not organically, none. And I'm just like, man, how, is there a cultural difference? Like, why is that not happening here? I don't think it's not possible. So some people of course have the opinion, oh, that's only in China because the consumer has a different behavior and things like that. I don't think that's the case. I think TikTok has enabled that and it's just the beginning. TikTok is going to be a huge winner, but I think there's a lot more to come there. So that's what we're most excited about. So I have nothing to add, really. I mean, I was on this 
throughout the whole episode, I was taking notes myself on things Lucas was was touching on that I'm going to get to work on right after this. So uh, nothing else to add there, Jay. Yeah. Um, well, Lucas, it was awesome having you on the podcast over here to talk about e-commerce and, and jam a little bit about social commerce. We didn't even think we were going to jump in there, but we did. So that was awesome. I can't help you. I'm obsessed. <laughs> I'm obsessed with you guys. If you're not on TikTok yet, you need to get on TikTok. You may think it's just for the kids today, but that's what they said about Facebook 10 years ago. So very true. Uh, get on it, guys. I, I am on there as well. I recently started our own TikTok at trend.creators. And uh, I started making TikToks on on how to help, um, you know, creators make, make their first six figures from scratch. And so I'm just giving advice on there. I feel like I'm just putting it out to the world and nobody's seeing it. But, uh, you know, consistency is key. So we'll see. Uh, how that goes. I'm also out of the demographic um, for TikTok, but um, I, I've seen some good uh, case studies and results. So I'm sure that's that's going to work out, hopefully. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, Lucas, thank you again so much for joining us on the podcast. We really enjoyed it. Um, before we wrap up over here, uh, if you want to tell the audience kind of where they can learn a little bit more about Squarespace or if you have anything to, to share over there to kind of cap it off. Yeah, I mean, squarespace.com. Go up, sign up, start a trial, subscribe, and start telling your story, really. That's what it's all about. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Lucas. Uh, really enjoyed you, having you on the podcast again. Hopefully everyone enjoyed this episode also that's listening in. Um, if you did, feel free to drop us a quick rating and subscribe to the podcast. Other than that, we'll see you next time on the DTC pod. Thank you, Lucas. Thank you, guys. Thank you.